Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. A lot of things to look at today. Some factors that we see moving the market. Of course, we're seven days into that 30-day agreement. We got some technicals. Is it causing us to sit on the fence? And, of course, why has the wheat been moving higher until today? There's a lot of factors being looked at today as we dive into it all with Arlen Suderman. Arlen with FC Stone. And, Arlen, I think, first and foremost, seven days into this 30-day agreement, where do we sit? Yeah, and and just to clarify, the, the trade agreement was to go in effect 30 days after signing. It was signed on last week, a week ago, um, January 15th, and so the clock is ticking. That means that China had 30 days to kind of get everything in order, make some administrative changes. I mean, it could make purchases now, and they would count toward its 2020 goal, um, but there's other things it needs to do to make that happen. Uh, in, in communism, things tend to move slowly. You could argue they tend to move slowly in capitalism as well. Um, but uh, that means they have to waive, find, a, develop a system for waiving tariffs um, so that there is incentive to make purchases and make decisions how they're going to do as, as one Chinese person um, I saw in an interview said, in China, we set the goal and then we figure out how to reach the goal. And this is going to be a difficult one to do and it's going to take some time for it to happen. So 23 days left in this 30-day period and the markets are just kind of marking time, leaning on some technical indicators. The algos are trading, trading ranges and, and uh, momentum. And uh, that's largely what's moving the markets. The funds with billions of dollars behind them. I'm really afraid to build big short positions right now because what if this deal is for real? And yet they're also afraid to build a lot of ownership um, because China's reputation for not following negotiated trade deals. So uh, it's just buying time now. It seems like a lot of nervousness within the trade, not knowing if they should go right, left, or, or stay in the middle. Yeah, there really is, and um, producers are anxiously waiting. End users don't know if they need to panic and start buying now or not. Other customers who buy from the United States, speculators trying to figure it out. I will say, and and I'm not a charting expert, and nor if I played one on TV, um, but there are some charting experts who I have uh, looked at their stuff. And they say the charts are pointing higher. And I know from the last 40 years of experience, there are times when the charts point higher and it just flops. And there are times when the charts point higher and we don't find out the fundamental reasons until later. And I had a head of one big advisory service say, okay, the charts are pointing higher. What are some fundamental reasons that could end up justifying the move higher? Well, the most obvious two are weather. There's always a chance that we could see weather become pop its head up and, and become a factor. That doesn't appear to be the case right now, but next up is kind of watching things in South America with the Safrina corn crop, and then we'll look at the U.S. spring, and we could talk about both of those things um, because there are some potential risks there. Um, the other is China. If China really does hold to this agreement and uh, against the, the justifiable skepticism and make the kind of purchases in this agreement that would justify higher prices as well looking at what we're seeing um current status in south america what has there been weather been like are we 
least moving forward to the good crop development, and we know that crop progress and harvest continues in the northern part of Brazil. Yeah, it does, and uh, it starts in the north, whereas it's here in the United States, on the other side of the equator, it starts in the south and moves north. It's a flip south of the equator, and so in Meta Grasso, some of the earlier planted soybeans and corn are being harvested, and there's not much first crop corn in Meta Grasso. It's more second crop safrina corn that gets planted there. So they've started to harvest. We're still in kind of single-digit progress in the region, like 5 to 6% or so of the soybeans harvested since a lot of the soybeans were planted late this year. Uh, and so they have started to follow those combines with planters to plant safrina corns. We're probably in the 1% to 3% planting progress now in Meta Grasso for safrina corn. Most of this is the, the soybean harvest and safrina corn planting in the region is going to take place in the month of February. So this is very early right now. Um, but the weather is generally favorable. Um, the rains have shifted more to the south where they needed them, the south of Brazil, and that has opened a window for some field work to do. Then we anticipate the rains coming back into the north and then pulling back again. So overall, it's looking favorable. Uh, we've had a tendency toward dryness in Argentina, but they've had around the showers there to kind of meet the needs and push back stress for now. We're really concerned about that as we go into the month of February. There are some elevated risks there. So it's really going to depend on whether high pressure sets up in there or whether they still periodically get these timely rains come through and, and keep the overall crop conditions good for some normal crops. I'm curious, Arlen, I mean, obviously they're very early into this harvest season, but have you heard any preliminary crop numbers? There are some areas of low yield uh, or expectations. There are some good ones. And so what do we look at? What really matters is the size of the crops. And so overall, it still looks like it's going to be a record crop, not by a big amount. We would say a fairly normal crop with the bad offsetting the good and ending up with kind of an average yield, so to speak, across the nation as a whole, and uh, both for this, uh, this year's corn and soybean production. And no surprise they continue to keep their eye on, on China, wanting to continue to have those purchases coming their way. Yeah, and some buyers in China say they've already bought their needs from Brazil going into the month of June. So they've made considerable purchases already, and there's not a lot of room for making purchases of U.S. soybeans until we get into the last half of the year. Doesn't mean they might buy some other commodities, but soybeans, it may be tough to see that. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell for this Wednesday. We're going to look at what's been happening with this wheat market as we knew it continued to trade on the higher side until today. And then, of course, over to the livestock side as we talk about the Chinese holiday as well going on. Lots taking place. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Of course. Welcome back to the Final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Curious, this wheat market, usually during the winter we don't have a lot to talk about, but it continued to kind of be the leader in these grain complexes that is up until today. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, as we look at uh, the wheat market, it has been strong, uh, really focusing on technical signals the algorithmic traders or computer traders have been trading momentum pushing things higher and it reached overbought territory kind of getting elevated too far too fast and so we did see some profit taking and reversal on the charts today a lot of times not always but a lot of times that means it's a short at least a short-term change in direction so we'll have to watch that 
fundamentally they're looking at uh, dryness in the Black Sea region. It's been very dry there. There's very little snow cover. Uh, that leaves the crop also very, the winter crop very vulnerable to the harsh cold that they have in that region. There, but there isn't any harsh cold in that region. It's been very rather mild. Uh, we're kind of watching to see when that may flip. It usually does at some point. Um, and, uh, of course, we still have some dryness in the southwestern plains here in the United States as well. Soft red winter wheat stocks are expected to tighten some more in the coming year. There's various fundamental factors traders are looking to, but I think it got a little ahead of itself, and uh, the market started to uh, pull back as a result today. Let's jump over to the livestock side. I want to jump into China again a little bit more. We do know that coming up on the 25th, it starts their week-long holidays. You mentioned um, during the commercial break, they do like to start celebrating and, and sliding into the holiday just the day before. With the coronavirus, with African swine fever, so many factors, does that cause for some market concerns, knowing that for the next week, China's going to be quiet, but at the same time, they're going to be traveling a lot of in, in-country? Yeah, that was, you're right. It's not going to give us a lot of news out of China to trade over the coming week uh, of the holiday. But yesterday's markets, uh, we had a lot of pressure in the broader markets overall, which did negatively impact the ags as well, with the exception of wheat. And uh, that was largely due to coronavirus. Uh, And the markets are basically thinking back, or traders, to 2002 and 2003 when the SARS virus, if you remember that, Mm -hmm. um, which really got its footing in China, caused a lot of fear around the globe about traveling. So people pulled back from travel, that slowed commerce, and had a negative impact on economic growth in the world. And when you have a slowing global economic growth pattern, then that tends to reduce demand for commodities. At least that's the thinking of the funds who make these macro decisions about where to move their money. We eased back from that somewhat today. Uh, last I saw, there's about 470 uh, confirmed cases now, and uh, including a case in Seattle and maybe two of them in Chicago, uh, unconfirmed on the Chicago cases. Both, I think, have traveled from China in, in those situations. Um, so it is a threat out there from what I've been able to read and hear. It's not like the plague. It's not a panic situation, but does leave people with compromised health situations vulnerable. So there have been at least nine deaths to this point, And it's certainly something that is increasing some fear. And the markets tend to not do well in that scenario. Have we seen any updates in regards to African swine fever? Uh, not a lot changed there, continuing to be a problem. Um, they have pulled back a little bit. The prices are trending higher again as we go into the Lunar New Year holiday. And I'll be really interested in watching coming out of the holiday how much they drew down stocks and need to replenish, or whether that'll give us another big increase in prices. What are your thoughts on the quiet trade that we've been seeing on the cattle market? Uh, it's really kind of biding some time. This is a time when we tend to be a little bit uh, seasonally slow on demand. We've come out of the holidays, and yes, it does improve somewhat. Um, but the packers tend to slow down the change this time of year to uh, improve their margins, and they are doing that. There's not really any type of fears about uh, not being current yet at this point. We did see one one pen of cattle in Kansas trade on the online exchange earlier today at 124, which would basically match yesterday or last week's 
trade in the Southern Plains in a negotiated market. But the board's already trading at a premium to that cash market. So it's kind of the board's kind of marking time now, waiting for the cash to decide it's time for barbecue season this, in the spring and, and to give it the justification for going higher. I think if you talk to anybody, they're ready for a little bit of warm weather and maybe to dust off the snow on the grills. Yeah, absolutely. I know I felt that way last week in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, when it was minus 13. It's time. I'll bring on barbecue season, yes. (laughs) Box beef numbers. Are we going to continue to see these cutouts mixed for the rest of the trading week? Yeah, now the slower chain speed should provide some underlying support to the box beef market. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen. INTLFCStone.com over on Twitter. My handle is ArlenFF101. All right. Thanks so much. Arlen Suderman joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.